You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This is the first show after my hiatus. I was itching to bring you something as soon as I could in the new year. That said, I am still not entirely finished with the project that's been consuming my time over the last several months. So this show isn't entirely new. I produced much of it about four years ago, but you will hear some things in here that you haven't heard before. And I'm working on getting a bunch of new shows ready for you. In this episode, we look at that invisible issue that runs beneath so many women's lives, confidence, or the lack of it, and what that means for our careers. You know, you see a man in a job interview, and he answers off the cuff of his, of his sleeve. He doesn't think, oh my gosh, I might not be able to do that, or could I do that? And why it can be so hard for women to value what they bring to the table, especially when they're negotiating. The times when I've actually asked for things, it's been really hard. It seemed so unthinkable that I would be able to ask for something and that I deserved it. Coming up, two women from different backgrounds on cultivating confidence and a sense of self-worth. I'm a bit obsessed with confidence, mainly because I've never had much. You can see it written in my school reports right from when I was seven up to 18. Lacks confidence. I've cultivated more of it over the years, but that voice in my head that tells me I'm not good enough, that I can't do something, it's never really gone away. And I know it's sometimes held me back at work. Denise Barreto is the opposite of me. I first talked to her several years ago for a show I did on starting your own business. And I wanted to talk to her for this show because I remember how confident she seemed during our conversation. She struck me as having an enviable amount of confidence. Denise runs her own business near Chicago. It's called Relationships Matter Now, and it does strategic planning and marketing. She says the confidence I hear comes from the fact she feels so competent at her job. So has she never heard that internal voice bringing her down? I don't hear that voice when I'm going to speak in front of a crowd or when I'm walking into a room of executives or I'm walking into a room of elected officials and I'm about to tell them what they need to do. That that voice is non-existent. Um, perhaps in other situations, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm right now in a rough point in my marriage and the voice that I hear is not about my competence or whatever. It's, you know, am I enough for, for my husband? Am I, you know, have I done enough for him? Am I beautiful enough for him to keep his, you know what I mean? Those kinds of things. But I think that's a very, you know, it's a different conversation. And, and I would say both on a personal and professional level, all of that starts when we're children right? So the things that we're told and we believe deeply about ourselves start when we're children. Denise's mother died when she was four. 
She and her sister were raised by their dad. She knows she missed a lot in losing her mother. But she says one advantage of having her father as the main caregiver was that she saw self-assurance in action every day. I got to say, you know, first of all, when you grow up with a man at the head of the household, I think that's a whole different dynamic than women, right? Men tend to be bullheaded confident, right? Like they, they're, they, you know, a guy, there's never a stretch thing for a guy. A guy will, will go for it. And so I do think that had a big impact on me. You know, my dad was not super educated, but yet, you know, he got out there and he had a really good job. And when, you know, and when things didn't work out, he figured out a way to take care of things. And that influenced me a lot. And I got to say, like losing, I think mothers are very nurturing and they are very, you know, they kind of build into the emotional piece of a, of a child. And I miss that. So I think one of the things I'm learning as an adult is that I, you know, you know, I just never felt things, right? I may have felt them, but I just didn't allow myself to because I was kind of following the model of my dad, who I don't know if he ever felt anything because, you know, there was no indication of that. Her dad faced a lot of challenges growing up and as an adult. My dad grew up in the southern part of the United States under Jim Crow. So my dad is not your picture of confidence, okay? (laughs) I would see white men humiliate my dad at the gas station when we drove through Indiana as a kid, thinking to myself, there's no way anybody's ever going to talk to me like that. So you know what I mean? There's a lot of different layers and intersections that we're talking about. But, you know, my dad was born in the 1930s in Alabama. You know, that's not exactly a very confident time for black people in this country. So the confidence and the instilling of my sense of accomplishment and self all came from him being a man. Maybe some of you have read the book, The Confidence Code. There's a part where an African-American lawyer comments that a lot of black women her age went into the adult world with quite a bit of confidence because she says they've nearly all been raised by mothers who worked, women who supported families, sometimes single-handedly. So they don't question the need to get out there and lead. I wanted to know if Denise saw that with the women she works with. Most of the work that I do, I'm usually the only black woman there. (laughs) It's very few, you know what I mean? It's few and far between that I see a lot of black women. But I will say, definitely, the confidence is there. And and, and part of it, I think, too, is because black women have a tremendous shell that we we put up. Because, again, this narrative that we hear that we're not worthy of of compassion and feminism, and, and that goes way back in America, you know, even into slavery times. I mean, we have always had to be strong and, and, and that has cultivated the angry black woman. And I think in general, a lot of us do a lot of protecting ourselves and a lot of uh, wall building to keep, you know, to keep from letting folks in. Still, she says it's rare she encounters any woman with quite the self-belief of the average man. There's no stretch job for a guy, right? When he goes for jobs, I hear this all the time, too, because I do a lot of organizational development. You know, you see a man in a job interview and he answers off the cuff of his, you know, (laughs) of his sleeve. He doesn't think, oh, my gosh, I might not be able to do that or could I do that? Like a man will declare that he can and then figure it out later, whereas we are so much more realistic to what our, you know, we have more tuned into our talents and I think we're more self-aware than they can be. But that self-awareness can undermine us as we question ourselves and sometimes miss out on opportunities. Denise isn't someone to let an opportunity pass her by. 
and she wants her teenage daughter to have the same can-do attitude. I like when people say I'm pushy. That means I'm persuasive, (laughs) right? So how do we help our girls take those things and not have them be albatross around their neck, but really think building blocks for their confidence, right? Because those are, that's a word that's great on your resume, right? Persuasive. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Stacey Vanek-Smith is co-host of the Indicator podcast from NPR's Planet Money. And she's also a friend of mine. We used to work together at another show – She's highly accomplished, but you'll never hear her say it. You will hear her play down her achievements. I deal with my insecurity by undercutting myself and my work. And that's how I deal with my lack of confidence, by being honest about it or talking about it. But, you know, I'm not sure that that's always the best way. I mean, I guess everyone maybe is that does creative work or work of any kind is insecure about it on some level. And I guess... I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about how I handle it and trying to stop myself when I when someone says like, oh, I liked your piece, not being like, oh, you know, I was disappointed in that, just being like, thank you. It's really hard. She first noticed the gulf between her attitude and that of some of the men around her when she was at journalism school. I mean, I tended to be sort of much more in the female camp of like a more modest approach where I'd be like, yeah, you know, so I'm just doing this internship. It's really not that big of a deal. I mean, mostly I'm getting coffee, but, you know, I'm excited because I really do like the work that they do. And then I'm also working on this piece that I'm really excited about for a class. And then the guys would be like, oh, yeah, I've got this amazing internship. And, you know, it's really fantastic. I'm really killing it. And uh, I'm also just working on – I just got the most amazing interview for this amazing piece I'm doing in class. And I just remember thinking it was like – I was like almost embarrassed on their behalf And then as I went on in my career, I noticed that that actually works. It works. When people are like, I'm awesome, even if it seems so obviously coming from a place of deep insecurity, people believe it. It's shocking to me. And people can get very far in their careers on that kind of confidence and chutzpah. Meanwhile, women and men who think it's more seemly to let their work speak for them can find they're missing out on promotions or projects. Stacy's seen this happen several times over the years. A young guy with bags of confidence, or at least bravado, comes in and competes for a job with a woman who already works at the company. And the woman may be more qualified, but the bosses often overlook her. 
Because it's like, oh, the woman feels like sort of dreary and unexciting and like, oh, she's been here for so many years plugging away. The guy is this sort of like lightning bolt. He's so exciting. And I will see these like sort of swaggery, confident guys like blow in and take these jobs. And it's hard. Like it's a hard thing to watch. I've been that dreary, dependable woman. But the swagger isn't something either of us can emulate. When Stacy's going for a job or a promotion, she cannot bring herself to be that guy talking up her work. I tend to also focus on how hard I work and not on how glorious the product is. Again, because that feels concrete to me. That feels like something I can prove. Whereas the gloriousness of the product feels subjective. I feel like I can't back it up. I think that's the crux of the problem right there. That when it comes down to it, women like us don't have that core belief in our value that seems to come naturally to so many men. But letting other people know you lack confidence can backfire, as I discovered in the days when Stacy and I were working for the same organisation. To me, my lack of confidence was such an integral part of me, I didn't even think about it. But one day I was forced to. One of the best pieces of career advice I ever got from... An editor, actually, Lisa Tucker. Why not, you know, say her name out loud? I was assigned a story one day and I thought it was really silly. And I conveyed the fact that I wasn't really sure I could do a great job on it. And I did, I remember feeling very insecure about it and kind of rolling my eyes and thinking, this is such a dumb story. But I went off and I made the calls and I did it and I turned it around on deadline and it turned out to be fine. And as with so many stories, There turned out to be something there that was interesting and they were perfectly happy with it. But the next day, Lisa called me at my desk and she said, I don't know why you were so underconfident about that story yesterday, but you should never show your editor that you're unconfident because it it gives people a reason not to have confidence in you. And that really stuck with me. By showing that I was insecure about something, I was telegraphing to my bosses that maybe I couldn't be uh, trusted to pull it off. Right. Well, and I also feel like when you get into that mentality, it's really hard to fight for more, to tell yourself like, oh, I, I really deserve more. Like I should be getting this promotion or I should be getting this raise. And I think the times when I've actually asked for things, it's been really hard. It seemed so unthinkable that I would be able to ask for something and that I deserved it. It was very hard for me to get my head around. And I usually had to have had to, in my career, get to a place of feeling anger or resentment or something like that before I feel like I can ask for something. I don't feel comfortable like necessarily within myself saying, I feel like I deserve this. No, I completely agree. But but it was you who encouraged me to ask for a raise a number of years ago in a certain job situation that I would never have asked for because I was feeling so low and so sort of despondent after not getting this job. And you were the one who said to me, well, you know what, they still want you you should ask for this amount, which was 20% more than I was getting. And you gave me that 
back information, which is so important when you're negotiating to know what's going on behind the scenes, if you possibly can. And you sort of gave me that and you said, well, so-and-so is earning X. You should ask for that. They need you. And if you hadn't told me that, I wouldn't have gone into that conversation and asked for exactly that. And I was ready to walk if they didn't give it to me because I was so pissed off. And they did. And I never would have done that if I hadn't had that conversation with you. I'm so glad. That's I'm so glad to know that. I mean, I I I don't think I've, I have trouble seeing the value of the women around me. Oh no, no, we never have trouble seeing right. the value of other people. Right? Or like, oh my gosh, you should totally get a raise. It's just in myself, and it's interesting that you're bringing this up because this is another issue. I feel like I feel like I have to have some kind of crazy leverage to ask for something. Like, I have to feel like I'm ready to walk, you know? Like, I don't feel like I can just ask for something because. I have to feel like I have another job offer or I have, or I'm, like, so unhappy I'm ready to leave or whatever it is. I feel like I don't feel like I am enough leverage, I guess. Um, I feel like I have to say, like, or else, dot, dot, dot. And I do feel like that's something – I had a male colleague who I worked alongside for years who was, like, constantly making noise about raises, just griping all the time about raises. I'm sure he made a lot more money than I did. And on the one hand, I found it sort of irritating, and I'm not sure that, like, that it was effective to the degree that he was constantly talking about how he deserved a raise. On the other hand, he really thought he deserved a raise all the time. He really thought he deserved more money all the time. And – I was jealous of that. Me too. Because if you truly believe you deserve it, you can ask for it with no qualms. Otherwise, asking can be fraught with anxiety. And as Denise said near the beginning of the show, this confidence thing goes back to our childhoods. A lot of this comes down to nurture and the messages we get from the world around us about what women should be like. I mean... I grew up in a very traditional house. Um, My mom was a homemaker. My father had a super demanding job. And I grew up in Idaho, which is a very traditional place. And a lot of my aspirations as a a girl, a young girl, were to, to marry someone who was really successful. Like that seemed like, I mean, not that I didn't have my own ambitions. I wanted to be a writer and, but I always imagined the ultimate success being basically to be Kate Middleton, right? Like to marry someone really awesome and sort of like have that sort of success by proxy. And so to me, what that says is I saw men's success as being important and a value and women's value is finding a man who's very successful. Of course, ironically enough, I'm like, you know, not married and have actually had a really good career. Yeah. I So I guess I was just thinking of the Gloria Steinem quote, like I think I so many of us are becoming the men we always wanted to marry. Uh, that was going through <laughs> my head. Um, I think, I mean, in retrospect, looking back on the kind of kid I was, I was super ambitious, super ambitious. I worked really hard in school. I always worked as hard as I could. I, I wanted to get out of Idaho. I wanted to see the world. I always had those ambitions, but I think if you'd asked me directly, I probably would have denied it. And years later, long after she dropped the supportive wife idea, she's still a bit ambivalent about her worth. Do I think I'm a an equal worker? I, I do. It, I really do. 
But I think there's part of me that doesn't think that. You know, I think there's part of me that thinks, eh, maybe I should probably get paid a little less, just a little. You know what I mean? Like, I think if I were on an absolute equal footing with a man, a male colleague with the same years of experience, same everything, if I found out that he were making, say, 10% more than me, I would be annoyed, but I wouldn't be outraged. If I were making 10% more than him, I would be, like, very puzzled. It, I think that would bother me more. It's complicated. One thing that builds confidence on one level is simply becoming good at what you do. But it's, it's not that kind of confidence problem that a lot of us suffer from. It's the, the much deeper thing about just your value in the world. And I don't know how you get over that. You can cultivate confidence at a task by doing it over and over and over again and, and knowing what you can pull off. And that's a really lovely thing to have cultivated over the years, I will say, for myself. But that who do you think you are voice inside, I don't know how you usurp that voice. God, that's so, that is so true. It, it is the who do you think you are. And I have to say, the way that I, I try to handle that now is that I get a little bit excited when I notice something like that. Basically, if I notice that something is making me uncomfortable, like I'm feeling like I'm not speaking up enough or I'm not a, enough of part of a project or I'm not getting promoted fast enough or paid enough or whatever it is, there is something thrilling about that discomfort. There's something exciting to me because once it's not sitting well, then eventually I know that I will do something about it. I feel like that is this really beautiful tension point, that discomfort. It's like, wait a minute, I think I'm worth more. Like if you really did believe that you should be paid less, then it wouldn't bother you to learn that you were paid less. But the fact that it bothers you, that is the beginning of change, I think. Still, she sometimes asks herself, what would life be like if she believed in herself more? The real danger of the who do you think you are message is that it's not like, oh, I wonder if I deserve that. I guess I could ask for that. Should I ask for that? It's the stuff you don't even think of asking for. It's the stuff that feels so far out of the realm of reality or the realm of anything that you could ever get. That's what I sometimes think about. Like, I wonder if I had no yeah. questions about my value. Like, I wonder what I would be doing. Would we all just be Richard Branson? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe. <laughs> be so many airlines. Stacy Vanek-Smith. Stacy is the author of a new book called Machiavelli for Women, it's coming out in the summer of 2020, and I will have her back on the show then. Thanks to her and Denise Barreto for being my guests on this episode. That's the broad experience for this time. And if you have an idea for an upcoming show, feel free to share it with me. Quite a few of the shows you've heard have come from listeners, and I'm always glad to hear from you. You can reach me at ashley at thebroadexperience.com or on Twitter or Facebook. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 